Good evening, Patriots. And it's Monday, the end of Monday, May 22nd in the year 2023. I'm going to talk a little bit about prayer tonight. There's some interesting passages about that. And just the idea of kind of the conventions, we have a lot of focus on prayer of always having to be, not I shouldn't say always, but there's a lot of sense in healing that there needs to be a hands-on component. But really what it's motivating and when we deal with prayer on Fridays here, we really are establishing more what Scripture is saying, what Jesus has reminded us, is that we don't have to be present. We have to be present in the heart, not present physically, which I think is really profound when we take that into a content or a context of prayer. Before we begin, we have a new sponsor for the show, which I'm very excited about, because a lot of what I've been trying to do is bring in some new products with some discounts that are really about healthy living. We've done that with Field of Greens, great product with uh, uh, CB, CB Distillery. The CB Distillery, which is a obviously a CBD oil uh, company, fantastic product line. And tonight, I'm, as I mentioned earlier, we're introducing EnviroCleanse which is, uh, you can find that at ekpurepure.com, ekpure. EnviroCleanse is a, is a whole home air purifying system, and I've been using it and really impressed with it. It has a HEPA filter, and it also has a, another mineral filter in it. And this thing, it's a noticeable difference. In, and I ran it, when you first get these started, you run them for about 48 hours. Totally noticeable difference in the air quality. It they'll, the HEPA filter will pull out pollen, bacteria, mold, um, smoke particulates, viruses, even pet dander, and then the other filter system on top of it takes out the chemical odors, smoke odors, and even just general odors. And the air just becomes very fresh and very refreshing. And that's and something that's really important for our whole body health. Now you can find these over at ekpure.com, ekpure.com. And if you use your BARDS code, B-A-R-D-S, you're going to get 10% off. That takes off about $150 off these units or so. Um, really good. And plus, you get you get free delivery. So it's, I mean, it's between the delivery and the discount, it's about $150. So it's really amazing because that's what you're going to get is a discount of 10% plus free delivery. Just a really great product. Um they're American-built, which is fantastic, U.S. patents. They're even used by the U.S. Navy for their, their fleet ships, and they're used in classrooms. So I would just really encourage you to check these out. This is um, just one of these things that I have needed one, especially in down in the studio. I've wanted one and wanted one for some time, and I've just been super impressed with how this works. So a unit that's really worth the cost and the savings both something you will not be disappointed in American made great quality so I think it comes with a five-year warranty and they have multiple levels it'll, it'll refresh the air in the room anywhere from like one time an hour to up to like three or four times an hour so you can really crank it up very quiet too in fact so again that's Enviro Cleanse and it's you can find that at ekpure.com Use your promo code BARDS, get 10% off, and get free shipping. You're going to be really happy with it. All right, so let's jump into where I would like to jump into. And let's jump into Matthew 8, 5 to about 13. I'm going to read this. As Jesus went into Capernaum, a centurion came up to him, begging him for help. And by the way, I'm reading Amplified these days, and I'm, I'm going to start reading more Amplified just in case you're like, I don't remember it saying that. I really find the Amplified giving us more and more context into real meaning, and it's important in context that we're not getting in other versions. And I love NASB 1995, but I've become more partial lately to Amplified, just so that doesn't confuse anybody. So anyway, the centurion came up to him, begging him for help and saying, Lord... My servant is lying at home paralyzed with intense and terrible tormenting pain. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied to him, Lord, 
I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man subject to authority of a higher rank, with soldiers subject to me, and I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does that. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those who were following him, I tell you truthfully, I have not found such great faith as this with anyone in Israel. I say to you that many Gentiles will come from east and west and will still and will sit down to feast at the table and enjoy God's promises with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven because they accepted me as Savior. While the sons and heirs of the kingdom, the descendants of Abraham, will not will not recognize me as Messiah. We will be will be thrown out into the outer darkness. In the place which is farthest removed from the kingdom, there will be weeping in sorrow and pain and grinding of teeth in distress and anger. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done for you as you believed. And the servant was restored to health at the very hour. This is amazing, this passage. It's amazing. You are, we are dealing with somebody who is He's obviously a centurion in the Roman army. Jesus has offered to come to his home. And instead of saying, yes, my Lord, come, he says, no, I'm not worthy. But because I'm a soldier and I'm used to being under authority, simply tell me and I will believe it. And, and my faith through you, my faith will heal him. Do you realize the, how profound that is in the world that we're in and why it puts some light onto what we're witnessing and experiencing in such a profound way every Friday. Because this is part of declaring authorities, and this is what I love about this so much. We've really worked in a world where we don't have enough faith collectively, and we are lacking miserably in the belief in Jesus as the Savior, Jesus as the Messiah, and the supernatural God. We just are. That's a given. We are here. We spend more time pining over the garbage that comes out of the news, the worries about senators getting satellite phones or whatever they're doing, the new coming of a nuclear war. Prep up. It's all going to end. The end of the world is die. Whatever. The chicken little moments. We give so much attention to that, yet we don't open our hearts and just say, Lord, let it make it be so. If you've, I will, remember, Jesus has told us, and he's told us profoundly that if you call upon me, I will answer. And this is why I, I really am focusing in on these because it's, it's a profound It's a profound shift in the way that we walk in our faith that we need to start establishing. And it's really my, my personal walk I'm sharing with you that I believe that we have the authority to solve most problems in this world because God gave us the authority to be stewards of this world. And until such the moment that Christ returns, that is our duty. I think that the narrative of what has happened is we have become subdued and subjected to a willful compliance that the enemy itself can't do anything unless it convinces us that it is going to achieve it, and then we end up allowing it de facto because we don't believe in our authorities and we give a head nod to like, oh, it's over. It's done. They're going to they're gonna roll out the beast system. We're all going to be thrown in FEMA camps, and we just go along with it, and we acquiesce. We've given up our authorities. John 14, 12 to 13, which is Amplified Version. This I love this, looking at the Amplified Version on this. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, anyone who believes in me as Savior, now we're going to go back to what I just read a minute ago, as Savior will also do things that I do, will also do the things that I do, and he will do them even greater things than these in extent and outreach. That's not just a little bit. That's like a whole bunch because I am going to the Father. 
and I will do whatever you ask in my name. This is where 13 comes in. 14, John 14, 13. And I will do whatever you ask in my name as my representative. This I will do so that the Father may be glorified and celebrated in the Son. Wow. That's like ticket to like start changing the world right there. I'm highlighting that point that anyone who believes in me as Savior, let's go back over to Matthew 8, 5 to 15, and he says, I tell you truthfully, I have not found such great faith as this with anyone in Israel. I say to you that many Gentiles, um, let me go back to where I was looking for, there it is, many Gentiles will come from east and west and will sit down to feast at the table and enjoy God's promises with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven because they accepted me as Savior. They link. We're being told here something very powerful. It's right in Scripture. That our faith is profound. That if we believe in Jesus and we truly believe in the healing and we declare our authorities and we ask that of Jesus, we we don't even have to be present this is the whole point here. This, this centurion doesn't have Jesus come to his home. Just, But the servant is healed. Those things get me energized. I mean, I start imagining all sorts of wild things we can do. Heck, we prayed for rain. Rain came. Rain came big time. And that's where I think it's all up to us. I don't know where each of you sit. And I, don't take this wrong, but where you sit in relationship to these things, if you're not on like the side where I'm walking going, I proclaim these authorities, we can do this, and you're on a doubting side, okay, I'm just going to shrug my shoulders and go, okay. Or if you're on one of those going, well, I don't really believe in the way that's the way it's said. I'm going like, to shake my shoulders and go, whatever. And don't take this wrong, but... <laughs> I don't care <laughs> because the Lord has told us we can do this in red letter language. And I'm going to be like, great. I'm out for it, man. I'm, let's go. You know, it's, it's something I just want to kind of throw this out here because it's another little spin on this. So much controversy around this one particular church, Bethel. Oh my goodness. And they do have a lot. There's a lot of, there's a lot of spiritual corruption that's happened in the, upper ends of the church, I will. I can confirm that. But you know what I, I can't deny is how many people they fill in mass that just celebrate Jesus and are racing to try to find and declare their authorities on earth. People are like, that's all wrong. It's like, you know what? I am not going to believe that the devil has that much power in a place where people are singing and celebrating God, I do believe that the devil can corrupt. And this is the problem I think we have is that we become so rigid and then everything gets blanketed with a big like, whoa, it's bad. If you listen to that music, you're going to hell. If you do this, you're going to hell. That's our own fault. We have pulpits right now that are so weak and we are here in this time, in my opinion, so much of what we are dealing with in this nation is because we have pulpits that were weak. I watched a video the other day. It was like cringe beyond cringe. It was like an 80s video of a musical approach to doing scripture at a big mega church. I, I don't even know how to describe it, other than the fact that we had polyester suits and bad dresses, two women and the and the pastor doing some sort of really bad Michael Jackson mix of dancing, which they didn't know how to do. And they, and in this case, I will say it, white people can't dance. Trying to attract people to love Jesus. It was so cringe. And yet they're out here, and this is the era when people are like, well, the, we're, we're in a post-Christian era. The churches have lost their control. No, the churches didn't lose, the people didn't lose their interest in the church. The church lost their ability to, to preach and to speak of the God of the miracles and to bring those miracles into being. 
We need a supernatural God in our life. Otherwise, we're going to end up in some place where everybody's going to be like picking up guns and killing each other, which, by the way, still probably a good idea to have a home defense plan, just so I say it. Yep, I know. It's an ad, but you'll love it. Patriots, right now, many Americans are feeling powerless. The economy isn't stable, crime continues to plague our communities, and those in charge don't seem to even care. There's something empowering about knowing that you have the skills to defend yourself, and that's why I endorse iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your home. No more inconvenient trips to the range, and you still have a ton of practice ammo. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. Improve muscle memory, increase reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, including 223, so that you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to iTargetPro.com right now. Again, 10% using your promo code BARDS, plus free shipping when you go to itargetpro.com. Don't rely on the government to make you feel safe. Empower yourself with iTargetPro. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. Offer code is BARDS. All right, so I'm going to just sidestep here real quick because there's a couple of things I want to mention. I'm gonna, we're all going to come back to this. But I had a gift sent to me today, and it's MB Knight. It goes by MB Knight. And she and I have to have a conversation. And I'm going to email her tonight. And it is an amazing package. Beautiful, small loaves of banana bread. Like one with chocolate chips, one with raisins, one with walnuts. And just a, and a normal banana bread. Which, by the way, I picked it up at the post, at the post office. And that little loaf of banana bread was gone. Half of it was gone by the time I arrived home. And I was driving, cutting with one hand with my knife. And the cookies, like over the top. So I'm I'm gonna incur, I'm gonna find out. We got to get contact information. You, this is her business. And this is another one of these. This is all part of this. Like we got to get small businesses promoted. This is awesome gift stuff. It sends well too. So I'm gonna get the information for you so you can order from her. And you should because it's awesome and it's great product and it's and it's a patriot and, <laughs> and I'm just gonna warn you I'm just I'm gonna warn you this is what you got to do when you get it first of all get some coffee going you're gonna need that and secondly get, warm up your treadmill because you are not gonna stop at one bite you're gonna try you're gonna go like oh oh yeah I'm just gonna have a nibble I tried that by the way it didn't work I had to break, I had to literally put it in the freezer. Some of it, some of the blow from the freezer, because it wasn't going to survive the day. And I was like, I might, I can't do this. This is way too much eating at one time. Fantastic product. So again, we it just proves to the point that we have so much talent out here, and people are wondering, literally, like, should I buy at Target? No. And I, by the way, if I know there's people out here that sew, I've talked to some people. We need to be having, we need to start finding people that'll start making custom clothes for kids and for others. And that way we can start creating a network and a pipeline of people that you don't have to rely anywhere else out there. And this is important. So I, if you've got that going and you're interested in starting that business or you have started it, email Hannah. H-A-N-N-A-H, at Bards FM, because we're getting these names together. I've mentioned this before. I'm trying to get all the Bards, as many as I can, like Bards Nation biz, small businesses, like those banana breads. Ooh, yeah, they're good. That's good stuff, I'm telling you right now. I'll bet you all are like mouth-watering going, I wish. So it's it's M, it's midnight, it's mid. Night K N I G H T Baker, and I don't know if that's the website. I'm gonna see if she can post it here in a minute, if she would so kindly. But it's mid M I D can K N I G H T Night Baker, 
And I mean, this is just part of the whole thing, right? And we've got our t-shirts going, Bards. I, I bought all that equipment, so we're we're doing our own t-shirt printing. I'm excited about that. And we've got a company that's all they literally say it, dirt to shirt. It's an American-made t-shirt, dirt to shirt. And now we've got fantastic. Oh, someone says they know a talented blacksmith. I want to know about that. Folks, we just need to get those in. So if you know folks in there, oh, and I was just told that uh, Midnight Baker, she's working on a website. So I just need to know if, if, and by the way, if there's a website person and you guys can connect and help her out, do that. We got to get this stuff up. That was good. Those are good. See, this is, this is what I'm, this is our way through this, is us coming together and supporting each other. Good stuff. So anyway, it's a big thank you to MB Night One. Enjoyed it. My dad loved it. My mom loved it. Everyone got to share in it today. And then I had to sequester myself respectfully because otherwise I was going to be running on the treadmill all night long. But anyway. All right. So prayers and faith. We're going to pray for a couple people tonight that I really, and I really want to declare these sorts of authorities, but I just want to emphasize the importance of declaring our, our authorities in prayer and healing, okay? So I want to, if it's all right with you, I'd like to pray for a couple people. Um, one of them is one of our fellow Bars Nation folks. And um, this is, I've mentioned these people, these couple before. They're a wonderful family. This is Bree. I'm going to do my best on saying the name, uh, Bonafe, Bonafe, I believe it is. Bo, Bonafe, Bonafe, Bonafe. I just butchered that, I know, but Brie. Anyway, it's for Brie. They're in um, Northern California. This is the family that had a homestead, and the dad um, got a position as a training, to get in training for to become a journeyman lineman. And this is such a cool story for me. That's why I love it. So the family made the decision to sell their little homestead. That's their words, not mine. And then buy a trailer. Now they have five children. Okay. And they did that so they could move into a trailer so that they could travel around together as he was going through his lineman training. I don't know if you know about lineman training, but it takes you like where he's working is West Coast, so it'll take him like three or four states, and they'll keep moving him around for jobs because that's how he gains the experience. So it's a really, you can be away a long time if you don't follow. Like the the dad could be away for weeks at a time. So they've decided to put their life in such a way that they can travel as much as they can together. Now, here's the deal. Bree has been, is expecting her sixth child. And it's been a little anxiety, she shared today. She's been having a little anxiety with some stuff and a little concerns about this particular pregnancy, and it's and she hasn't been sleeping well. And I it's getting it's a bit overdue. And they are also they're hoping to go to Bardsfest, which is a little bit south. And I'm still trying to work on getting permission so they can pull their trailer in there, which I think I can do. So I'm gonna ask us to pray for her health today. And we put all of our focus in that, and the, and the well-being of the family, and the and the blessings of this new child that's coming in. These stories just they excite me because in a time when there's so much horrible things going on, these are blessings. So let's begin with this. It's like and just join me in the prayer. So Father, and Jesus, we're just going to declare our prayers today, our authorities which you gave to us, and Father, we're we're declaring our authorities of healing and our authorities to be able to step on snakes and scorpions, to have all the power over the enemy. And, and more than that, Father, we're, we're, we're praying into the fact that Jesus said to us that we can do all the things that he could do and even greater works than he, by breath and scope. And Father, we don't even know sometimes what that means. All we do know is our hearts are there and everything that we're praying for is to glorify you and glorify the Son to the Father. So we, we declare these authorities today before we begin. So, Father, just hear our prayers, please, with, for Bree and the family, which is the Bronafe, 
Bayanafe family, that they have a newborn coming, and we're just praying for the a beautiful and amazing birth of this newborn. It's a blessed birth without any complications. We're praying for the reduction of anxiety for Bree and a real comforting moment there. Jesus, we just ask that you'll step in right here and right now, and we're all just going to raise our hands right now. We're also going to imagine ourselves being around Bree, and we're just going to put our hands there. We're just going to pray into the blessings of this child and pray into the glory of the kingdom and just bless this family. It's just such an amazing and beautiful family and story that they have to try to stay together. And Father, we just ask that you'll continue to bless them with the resources they need and continued success, a happy and joyous family with just a complete hedge of protection around all that they have. And we bless this birth. We pray for a beautiful birth. And Jesus, we just ask that you can be there, be there with Brie, be your presence there to give her comfort, to reduce her anxiety, allow her to get a bit of sleep and to bring forth this birth of this child, a blessing to this world, a reminder of the glory of what kingdom gives us, a glory of what you give us, Father, into a family that nurtures and loves her children so much. Bless this child, bless the health of Bree, bless the health of the newborn, bless the health of the whole family. And we declare these things in your name, Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen. I think that's, I'd love praying when we get stuff going like this. Now, I have another prayer I'm going to ask you to join me in. And this is a very interesting prayer story. So I mentioned to you a few weeks ago, and you know the story. I mean, I think I put the picture up in, it's pinned actually in Telegram, in our Telegram room. I bought a bull. He's awesome too, by the way. And if you didn't see my note, he's not gender confused, by the way. He knows he's a bull, and the cows like the fact that he knows he's a bull, and the cows know he's a bull. There's a certain peace to all of that, I'm just going to tell you. And we've also discovered that the bull, the other bull we had up there is not gay because he, down on the other pasture, he's been very busy. I think he was uh, I think he was a little self-conscious, but that's okay. Maybe the ladies got a little too much to him, but I do know that he's not gay. So that's a real reassuring point, but the new bull is a mighty bull. All right, so Terry Anderson is a wonderful man. I And I, I, say, I speak very highly of him. He runs a big operation. He's a very well-respected cattle breeder, and he has amazing quality bulls and cows and heifers. Very upstanding individual. Has run a business for almost 50 years, took it from his father, and he's in his 70s. And I got an interest. I sent Terry a, a picture of the bull, finally settled in. It's the first time I've been able to get a picture of the bull, which was last weekend. Because the dude's been kind of like, I think he's been busy. I'm going to give him some credit. The bull's been kind of uh, absent a little bit lately, but he's always hanging out with a cow or two. So I figured he's probably up there like, you know, like the, the young kids, like you're walking up there and all of a sudden you, oh, sorry. I was riding my ATV the other day. I was like driving around. And I got up there and like, oops, sorry, didn't mean to disturb you folks. And they come out like two guilty teenagers. Anyway, that's uh, well, well, that's another story. But anyway, so the bull finally came down, and I got a nice picture of him. I put it up in Telegram, and I sent it to Terry. And he sent me a really nice note back. And it, and it, what he said in the note is that you know that bull, he said Scott, that bull will give you some of the best cows you've ever seen. And I, and I do believe it. It's, it's great genetics. It's got great, just a great foundation. And, um, but he asked something else. So this, I'm just going to read the text. He says, he is happy now and will make the best calves you've ever seen, Scott. We could sure use the power of your prayers. I spent Four and a half hours in the hospital ER in Pendleton Monday, Monday afternoon, um, Thursday and Friday at the cardiac um, inland cardiology unit in Richmond, Washington. I am extremely weak and severe fatigue. Unfortunately, the team of doctors found nothing at 
out of the ordinary. Start over again on Monday. We'll keep you posted. He's a wonderful man. He's got wonderful children and grandchildren. One of the stories about his grandchildren, this just shows good, good like traditional American upraising. His grandson, when I got up there, had just finished playing on a all-star team of baseball down in Arizona. That was the day before. And the morning that I got up there, he flew from Arizona after they won their game, flew to Arizona, flew to Portland, and then took a jump flight over to Pendleton, got off the plane, and then went over and was picked up by the family. They took him out to the rodeo where he did a quick practice. And then as Terry and I were looking around at the Bulls, Terry's wife sent him a video of their grandson who roped and pulled down a calf in 4.6 seconds. That's like pro-level work. So not only is he like an all-star baseball player, but the young man is a, is a great calf roper. So that's awesome. All right, so I want to raise up prayers for Terry. He's a reminder. He, he's been a super great guy to know. I, I, I really wish you could all meet him. He is of the old school. And in the story I told you, if you remember last week, a couple weeks, I mean, it was last week when I was really stressing about getting the bull down and we were having trouble working things out, and Terry called called me, and he said, "Look, I just need to speak to you for a few minutes." And I, I said, "Look, man, I am sorry. I don't I don't have the answer to bringing him down yet." He goes, "I know." He goes, "That's why I called you because you're in the cow business now. Everything goes wrong. That's why we work together." And it's just such an an amazing reminder of the old world that we used to be in. But we forget because we live in a world of individualism now, and in the old world communities came together to help one another. And so I have a lot of respect for Terry. I'm going to be buying more animal, more cattle from him. Matter of fact, he's going to be the guy I buy cattle from, period. So if you just join me in prayers for his health, I would, I would appreciate it. So Father, we just come to you and just raise our hands up and we're just imagining ourselves right there with Terry. And we're just going to pray for miraculous and incredible healing. And we just declare healing over Terry. We're grateful for people like Terry, just that are still of that old, the ancient paths, the reminder of the older values that we seem so quickly to have lost in this modern age, the hardworking values of, of working with our hands and building things from scratch to building big businesses because of our determination, not because of anything else, and the persistence and pursuit of quality and excellence, which is just such a core value. So, Father, we just we pray for Terry in, in, a, in an incredible way that you can give him the blessings to continue with strong health and, and great strength in the days ahead, that he can continue to be a, an exemplar model for others to see and learn from. And that in this moment when he's feeling fatigued, that Jesus, we just ask you to step in and just be very restorative, Put, lay your hands on him, bless him, whatever's worn him down, whatever's ailing him, just have it cast out completely of any sort of influence. Demonic, it's it's broken away. We put a hedge of protection around his ranch and around both his properties to keep them safe and strong. And we pray just very deeply for the healing of Terry, a miraculous, incredible healing that will just leave doctors puzzled as to what it was and the fact that he recovered so quickly and this to give Terry back the full energy and strength and vitality of his body that was blessed to him in kingdom as he was born and as he was, his, his, he's walked on this earth. We thank you, Father, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So I appreciate that, patriots. Thank you. We Praying, I mean, that comes down to the fundamental issue which we have, and it, it gets a little bit complicated when we get into a world right now where everything is so negative. And if there's one thing that prayers can do is just to push that negativity away. And it, unfortunately, oh my goodness, I shouldn't have reacted, but I did. I just got notification that John Wick 4, chapter 4 is now available on iTunes. Sorry about that. Little little sidetrack there. My goodness. You can't live without John Wick 4. <laughs> and I was just about ready to talk about violence. Like, well, there you have it. I don't think you have a more violent shoot 'em up movie than John Wick 4. Oh my goodness. 
Yeah, I'll tell you. Anyway, um, totally digress there, but maybe not. It's actually a good example. We really are living in a world programmed by violence. And I, I mentioned this last yesterday when I was at, over in Bandon speaking. Now, I want to say a couple of things about that before I get to this point of violence. But it struck me very clearly when I was with that group of people. And it's been a very reflective day for me in looking at that travel out there. As I mentioned last night, it was a trip that I had not taken for probably 30 plus years, maybe even 40 years it has been since I drove that particular road. I've been to Bandon several times in the last few years, but I haven't gone that particular route. And it was, what I see a lot of is brokenness. These were small communities that were vibrant and to even to the point of like Terry Anderson, who whose farm is vibrant. It's everything is immaculate. It's well kept. The details are done. What I'm what's happened now in this modern day is it's the details that slip. It's the things that my dad would never do. But now it's become commonplace. The the one side of the building is needing paint and you just let it be. The the parking lot is a mess. There's a shabby addition put on to things just because it's what has to be done, but no one cares about the aesthetics. The streets are a bit dirty. The, the buildings are vacant, and people start to lose hope in their community. These were amazing little communities. Coquille, Myrtle Point, to name a couple of them. Bandon, to name another. And in, over dinner tonight, I was discussing this. I was saying, if I could take, I said, like a 1,000 people in Bards Nation, and I could bring them to one place like this county, and we could say, okay, we're going to go through and we're going to set up hope is what we're going to do. That's our mission is hope. It would change everything with a handful of people because if we had the resources, mind you, to go into these communities and buy buildings and start businesses and start creating a network of purchasing, we wouldn't be anchored to one place. We would know that there'd be a, a commerce, a regular commerce we would regenerate. And there's all sorts of ideas that we have now with to re-stimulate the encouragement of business. Unfortunately, many of these small towns have also been infected in their leadership with the same depression that is evident in its physical structure. And so what ends up happening is we've witnessed the outcome of a war where there has been violence on action, but there hasn't actually been blood in the streets. The violence has taken the form of economics. It's taken the form of informational. It's taken the form of judicial. and It's taken the form of legal. And it's taken the form of political. And it's sad. And educational as well. And it's ravaged these small towns, high-value towns with high moral values. When I grew up, they were booming logging areas and they were fishing areas. And the commerce was rich. As a, When I was in middle school and early in high school, you could go to the coast and get a job on a fishing boat in the summer. Now, keep in mind, this was in the late 70s. And you could earn twenty to thirty, sometimes even $40,000 in a summer. Now, that's then money. That's today's money. It's like $80,000. You could learn, earn that in a summer working on a fishing boat for three to four months. When you worked in the logging industry, if you could get on to – if you could get on to the uh, – internship program like at Roseburg Lumber. When I was in high school, this again is 79, 80, 81 range until the program finally kind of died out. But at least earlier in the 70s, they were paying $17 an hour in the 70s. Today's wage is like $50 an hour, and that's an intern. So my whole point of this is we have the opportunity to raise up hope. And I don't think that I personally believe there's kind of two parts about this. Part of what my talk was yesterday was the empowerment of where we have to start standing up and taking back our authorities, what I'm talking about now. But I think that we can do more than that. I think that we can literally, and I'm, I'm reading here Matthew 8, 5 to 13 today. I want to read one more passage. I want to read Luke 18, 1 to 8, and, and I'm going to come back to this. But I believe that we have the authorities to elevate the hope 
of the Holy Spirit in communities to revive that fire, to take pride in life, and to bring back an energy of hope within these communities. Look, I'd love to go in with a team, and this is kind of what I was saying. If you had a 1,000 people in Bards Nation that came into my county and we spread out, we could change this county in a year. And it's not like I have a bad county, but there's so many outlier places that we would be able to bring spark and life to because what we would be walking with is the Holy Spirit. And making where we are right now, where that is not really a place we can be, and I look at where Christ says to us, we can do greater works. I'm like, okay. And again, as he speaks that, it's not just greater works. And that's the, the thing that I think is so important. It's it's this, and he will do even greater things than these, and then adds in the amplified edition to, to clarify the meaning, in extent and outreach. Well, then why can't we pray into communities? Why can't we pray in and to bring in the revive the fire of the Holy Spirit and the joy of life and the excitement and the opportunity and to pray in for the opportunities for those with the heart for Jesus to be lifted up and given the resources of heaven to truly have a spark again to bring revival to their communities. Revival, we stop. We, we, we cut God short on revival. And this I'm absolutely convinced of. We go in and we go, we need a revival. And like, what's that mean? Come to Jesus. And it's like, okay. Now what? Why are we stopping there? Why are we boxing God in? Why are we saying revival ends with the acceptance of Jesus? Why can't we say revival in everything in your life? Revival in your hope for your community. Revival in the opportunities and the resources from heaven. Revival in the fire to lift the Holy Spirit up and to make your community vibrant and exciting. It's not just about one. It's about the community. And I think we can do it. And I think it begins with us praying into it. And I believe that when we go to revivals, I think that's something that's missing because here's my opinion. I think revivals have been so driven on a relationship with the church and butts and seats, which we said in the Department of Defense, butts and seats, and the offering plate that we forget that revival is the wholeness of God. It's sparking. It's literally, if you're doing a revival in church, I want to see the walls crack and fall down. I want to see the sky open up, the roof flying off. I want to see the Holy Spirit flooding into the valleys. That's revival to me. One of the great reasons not to have revival in a church. If I, man, I'll tell you, if I had that sort of authority, the old church would want me in. They'd be like, oh my goodness, I don't have the enough insurance to cover what you're going to do. And I'd be like, don't worry about it. God's here. We're going to rip this roof right off this thing. We're going to blow the walls out. And here we go. Whoosh. <laughs> and they're going to be like, there goes our organ. I'd be like, well, whatever about your organ. Start singing, people. Raise the hands. Sing and praise God. You don't need an organ. You just need your voice that God gave you. I'd be leveling churches left and right. God'd be laughing. He'd be like, oh, my goodness. He'd be like, I didn't tell you to go Jericho and everything. I'd be like, God, I'm not. I'm just asking for the Holy Spirit to come in here and just blow the roof off. Bring it to the community. (laughs) I'd have so much fun. I think I'm going to try this. I think I'm going to declare that authority and give it a shot. Anyway, why are we so heavy with God? Why are we so morose with the Holy Spirit? It's so serious. If you don't do this, you're going to hell. Oh, good golly. I have Jesus in my heart. I'm joyous. I'm bringing love to the world, but I'm bringing love with the fire of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to rock the foundations of Satan's garbage. I'm going to wipe it out of communities. I'm going to believe that we can lift it up. I'm going to believe that we can light fire to communities and re-energize God's children. Because they're stuck in the vortex of darkness, and we're the remnant, and we're like, no more. No more. Because that's the army the way God works. And Jesus is telling us absolutely that we can pray. I mean, he's saying it right here in Matthew 8, 5 to 15 or 5 to 13, that we can pray. And if someone has faith to listen through that, they can and it can act enact what we're praying on right there. But now listen to Luke. This is what I love about Luke. This is parables of a prayer, of a prayer. Now Jesus was telling the disciples a parable to make the point that at all times, 
They ought to pray and not give up or lose heart. Saying in a certain city, there was a judge who did not fear God and had no respect for man. There was a desperate widow in that city and she kept coming to him and saying, give me justice and legal protection from my adversary. But a time would, but, but a time he would not, for a time he would not, excuse me. But later he said to himself, even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow continues to bother me, I will give her justice and legal protection otherwise. By continually coming, she will be an intolerable annoyance and she will wear me out. Then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not our just God defend and avenge his elect, his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay in providing justice on their behalf? I tell you that he will defend and avenge them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, he will find this kind of persistent, will he find this kind of persistent faith on earth? See, that's the question right there. And it's the bottom line to everything we're talking about. When the Son of Man comes, will he find this kind of persistent faith on earth? And this is why I keep saying, if we are not in this fight, leaning in, praying, declaring our authorities, Jesus isn't going to find any of it when he comes. He's going to be like, whoa, what the hell happened to you all? He may not say that. I'm, it's me. <laughs> He'd probably be like, what the heck happened to you all? Uh, that's the other part. I rebuke myself on that. So anyway, I'll I'll pray for forgiveness later. But anyway, here's the deal. We have the authorities, and we're supposed to be leaning in. And we're supposed to be out here declaring and doing. And this widow, which is so fantastic, and the parable says, never gives in. She leans into that judge. And it doesn't matter what the judge says. It's in the end, it's the power of her faith that shifts that judge and God delivers. And the judge is like, well, oh, I don't believe in God. Well, dude, I don't care if you believe in God or not. You just acted exactly as, the, as God wanted you to because you delivered justice to a faithful widow. She has nobody. She had no connections, no leverage. And yet her prayers and her faith were answered. So tell me, in your own way, not this is rhetorical, but in your own heart, you have to answer this question. If we aren't going to be out here leaning in and praying and declaring our authorities and practicing, how are we ever going to know? Well, we're going to slink away and go like, well, you know, I'll pray a little bit. We're supposed to be out here together fighting this enemy. And sure, I mean, I'm not taking away the fact that I'm going to carry my sidearm with me. Got it. Because there are some pretty evil demons come out here. And if someone comes leaping out of the bushes at me or comes knocking, trying to break my door down, that's a whole different discussion. But I will tell you that I do believe because of what Christ said himself with the true belief of the Savior and the Holy Spirit within our heart. I believe that there's a point we can arrive where carrying the gun physically on our side, the, the metaphorical sword on our hip, is just mainly just there because we have the power to rebuke, the power to heal, the power to raise the dead, the, the power to shake out demons, the power to do greater works than he in scope and breath if we believe in the Savior. And I don't just mean by word, by, by everything in our being, which means walking and doing as he said. We become the mightiest warriors on earth. And I know that makes some people uncomfortable. They're like, well, you can't be like Jesus. I'm not trying to be. He's telling me I can't. See, that's the difference. Is Jesus, we're not trying to be like him. Jesus is telling me we should strive to be that way because those are the authorities he gave us. And I don't know how that gets all twisted in people. I have complete humbleness before my Savior. I am humbled before the Lord. I've encountered the warrior Christ. And let me tell you, that's the one that knocks you to your knees and you're like, oh my goodness, Lord. And it still resonates in the power and mightiness of who he is. That does not mean he wants his soldiers down in the face of this enemy. He wants them up, declaring, proclaiming, and using him, calling upon him to fight through us. And in doing that, we can literally change this world. I believe that. And I'm sure I'm going to get called a heretic by somebody. And I'm okay. I'll take that walk. I will walk with that in my life. Because what I know 
What I know is I know where my heart is. I know that there's no ego in this. I know that there's absolute humbleness, but I'm responding to what my Lord has asked me to do. My Lord and Savior has said to me that you can do greater works in scope and breadth than me if you believe in me as your Savior, for I am going to the Father. I'm like, game on. I don't know any other way but forward. And that to me, is the way we win this thing. And I mean mightily win this. I'm sitting here looking around the world. It's stupid. This world is nuts, out of control, insane, upside down. We've got men wearing dresses upside down and boys cutting off their nuts and we have girls cutting off their breasts. I'm sorry. That is an out of control, insane, ludicrous world run by a bunch of Satanist psychopaths and we've let them be in place. I believe that through prayer, and we are going to close this way tonight, through prayer, we can turn this world right side up. I believe if your heart is in it and you want to seek that power of Christ, you want to seek the power that we're given in the power of the Holy Spirit and the power to say greater works than he's in scope and breath, then you need to join me in this prayer tonight and start praying this way. Together we work to flip this world upside down, to cast out the demonic, to restore these children to who they were, to heal them miraculously. So let's go. Buckle up. Father, we're here, and we are fired up tonight. We are in on this prayer. We are joining in in where there are two or three or greater, and this is the number greater tonight. We are declaring our authority. Father, we we continue to explore what Jesus meant to us when he says we can do greater works than he in scope and breadth. I don't know what that means, Father. You know my heart. I've talked to you about this, and because I don't know what it means, I'm just going to go. And we're going to reach as far as we can. So, Father, as if this is within the scope of our prayers and our authorities, then we ask and we declare this to be. We want this demonic out. We want our children of this nation healed. We want to see the horrific things that are being done to them surgically. We want them to wake up miraculously healed by the blessings of the Holy Spirit, by the power of heaven, and we want the blood of Christ to be upon them. We want Jesus to fill their heart. We want this to be so profound that their confusion, which they're feeling, is stripped away. Instead, they're humbled before the throne, humbled deeply, broken softly, restored to the glory and beauty in which you put them here on this earth. For the parents that go along with this or are confused by this or whatever, heal their hearts, break them, put them before the throne, show them again what their responsibilities are as parents. We don't say this with a vengeful heart. We say this with a forgiving heart, understanding, Father, that truly there is a hand of darkness upon this nation. And this hand of darkness needs to be rebuked. And we rebuke it and we cast it out. As a remnant, we stand in unity. As we stand here before you, Father, and we say, demon, you are gone. Satan, you have no place here. You are cast out of this nation. We are going to restore this nation through our prayers, Father through the mightiness of our prayers. And as we do this, each community that we will move forward in, pray for, pray with, we were going to not just revive the love in Jesus, we're going to revive the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to put the Holy Spirit back into the church. In doing so, we're going to crack the dead stone walls. We're going to blow the roof off. We're going to bring the Holy Spirit back to the pulpit, whatever that pulpit looks like. We are the remnant you've asked us to be. We are proclaiming our authorities in this time. We're casting them out. And for the children that are being trafficked and, and abused, Father, we pray for a hedge of protection around them. We pray for an awakening of this nation to realize a heart of empathy, to reach out, to want to bring those children into their home, to bring them into a family of love and nurturing and to revive the sense of power that we had as a nation in its beginning, a power where the pulpit spoke mightily about the power of the Holy Spirit, the supernatural God, the power of healing, and the power of restorative prayer. Father, we declare this tonight. We declare this over all the children of this nation, all the children of the world, to shake loose the hands of evil, to break them and to put evil and shackle them and cast them down into the lake of fire. We are praying for the restoration of the children across this globe to truly, truly revive their hearts of happiness, joy, and innocence, to heal the wounds that have been placed upon them by the darkness that has lurked around in the shadows and to expose that even more to light and to build the fires of righteousness within the people to see that evil and to know that it must be cast out, it must be held accountable. 
and justice must be done. So, Father, as we pray this, we ask as well that you will lead our hand as you see fit or bring it upon by the hand of your own, a justice to this world to cast out those that seek to do harm to the little ones, that seek to demoralize your children, to raise our children up, to raise the people up, and once again, have hope, have prosperity in their hearts, and to seek to heaven for the resources they need to live and to live mightily on this land, and to hold that line to expand the kingdom and subdue this enemy until the very day that Jesus returns. For Father, we will, we will stand here now and proclaim that when the Son of Man comes, he will find a persistent faith upon this earth. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name, our Savior. Amen. I'll tell you what, you're not sleeping tonight. I'm going to just guarantee it after that because I'm not either. That was awesome. Holy Spirit, right here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Patriots, we need to pray with aggression when I say that the right way. Pray with the righteousness, righteous fire. We need to pray with the intensity to take this earth back. No more, no more mamby-pamby, okay? Be a, be a lion, be a bull. Seriously, this is time to like, take it to them. And we're going to do it. And we're just going to keep pounding it. So, take some time. Read Luke 18, 1 to 8. Read Matthew 8, 5 to 13. Both great. Amplified, in my opinion, is the best. But as you choose, I shall, shall not tell you what passage to read and or what version. Do as your heart leads and as God leads you. Patriots, hope you have a blessed evening. We are going to rock this world. God only needed 300 with Gideon. We have more than that, and we are on fire. See, you think Bart, you think this is something? Wait till you get to Bard's Fest. It's going to be wild. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We're at war. And we aren't going to stand down. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for bended knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe.